0: Hello, my name is Ivy, and you are listening to Designer Dial designer is a place where we talk about everything web and design. Hi, and welcome again to Designer Dial. Today, I'm with T- Tien, and we're going to talk about being the only designer. Uh, a lot of times when we're getting hired for projects in Web3, a lot of times we are the only designer or one of the very few designers on the team, and we kind of <laughs> wanted to explore that and and you know share experiences and tips for people who are are facing you know some hardships with that so done so dian i still fucking suck uh dian uh i guess do you want to open with if, if you've had a long career being the only like how do you kind of how did you start that What was like kind of your journey right. into into? i mean you can just you know go through your general background.
1: Those. I want to quickly say, though, I have had experiences where I wasn't the only designer. But yeah, the most of my career, uh, I've been a solo designer. Um, so how I got started and how I got in uh, into Web3 was uh, way back in 2015. Um, actually, OK, uh, my educational background is in human factors engineering at the University of Toronto, um, which is a degree that's all about human-centered design. Uh, so that's, that's the simple how. Um, though okay actually a little bit more is um growing up i've always been uh very artsy partsy, uh did a lot of creative stuff um ranging from creative writing to uh singing dancing playing the piano to creating anime music videos way back when that was the thing um uh to um drawing sketching um and and yeah just a whole bunch of these Creative things, uh, but I was also very good at the STEM subject. Uh, so when it came time to decide what to study in university, uh, human factors engineering was the best of my uh, left and right brains. Um, and yeah, so that's how I got into product design. As for Web three, um, it was way back in twenty fifteen when I went to this hackathon in Waterloo, uh, run by uh, some students at UWaterloo. Waterloo. Um, and at that hackathon, a Mr. Vitalik Buterin was there, uh, and he gave a talk all about Ethereum, the global supercomputer. Uh, so that was my intro to, to that world, or <laughs> to this world that we're in—the <laughs> uh, world of Web three. Um, now, obviously, I, I've heard about Bitcoin before then, um, but I didn't really do anything with Bitcoin, unfortunately. Um, I, I I just like you know I heard about it as much as any other average person has back then, and. Um, but then Ethereum, uh, started much more interesting and, um, I, uh, th- that was the same year he got accepted to this thing called the Teal Fellowship, um, the top 20, under 20, uh, Teal Fellowship. Um, and when I found out about that, I also found out about this thing called the Teal's Summit, which was this conference series that was run by the same organization, um, the Teal Foundation, um. At that time, I uh, when I found out about that, I um, I wanted to apply for the top 20 or 20, but I was actually already past 20, so um, I couldn't qualify. I felt like I was a half my prime. Um, <laughs> uh, so instead, uh, I applied to the Teal's Summit because at least that did not have the age limit of 20. Um, it, its age limit was 24, so um, I did qualify and get accepted. And so when I went to that conference, uh, Balaji Srinivasan, uh, the author of The Network State, was there and he gave the keynote. Um, And his keynote was all about blockchain. And he basically said blockchain would enable the next evolutionary step of the internet, i.e. Web3. Uh, So he said Web3 without saying it. Um, And that really piqued my interest. And so uh, ever since I came back to Toronto uh, from that conference in Las Vegas, I I just had a hunger to uh, do as much design work in uh, the Web3 space as possible. Um, But uh, those were truly the early days, um, 2015. Uh, So as a designer, I wasn't able to get much of any opportunities, except I did get one. So my very first design opportunity or job that I got was uh, with this startup called Cryptive. It was a uh, crypto startup all about trying to create um, like an asset management solution for accounting firms. Um, unfortunately, though, it wasn't product design. It was more so marketing. Uh, anyway, uh, I actually don't think I need to go into my entire history right now, but um, because it's quite a long history. But uh, generally speaking, um, yeah, I've been a solo designer for most uh my career where um, it was because I was working with a lot of early-stage startups, um, though I, I mean, yeah, the, uh, yeah, so the, there were, however, like a few different experiences where I wasn't and one of them was where um, there was a lead designer and it was Kleros. Uh, that was my very first experience where I got to work on a DAP. Um, but the lead designer at Claros was pretty hands-off, so it felt like a solo designer experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: And I guess, why would you say that early stage startups is typically the situation in which you find yourself as the only designer? Like, I mean, one could say it's because of resources or do you truly believe it's resources or do you, I guess, how did you find yourself or what is your interpretation of why that is a common situation for
1: that particular type of organization? Good question. Um, I think it, yeah, apart from the obvious, which you've mentioned uh, as being resources um, or lack thereof, uh, I think a lot of the times early stage startups think that um, design is, is one of those things that one person can handle everything. And, um, I, and I think they might think that just because, um. To them, they might think design is easier than, than coding. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't really fully know. Um, but, um, yeah, I think they, they may think it's it's not as uh, technical and therefore um, one person can handle it. Um, though, yeah, from all my experiences, I think um, there really should be two. Uh, one specializing in research and the other specializing in design. Um, and, and it is unfortunate that yet yeah, most startups, even in the Web2 world, uh, in, in their early stages, they believe that one person can handle it all. Um, now...
0: Yeah, I think it's just, it, it really depends on the experience of the founder, how they decide to resource, and I think like you said, because of especially in web three startups where the founders expertise is probably more on the engineering side. Um, they tend to underestimate the amount of work that goes into design. Um, and it's really only those, those more experienced founders who tend to adequately resource design because of the lessons that they've learned in previous projects and startups. Um, I will say, like I started my career, I was not the only designer at um, a e-commerce company. Um, we we owned several different like e-commerce uh, storefronts, and I started out as a graphic designer, as I've shared in other podcasts. And the way I found myself being the only designer is like as we started to grow the technology behind behind our platform, we we uh, started to use Salesforce and some other tools it became very clear that we needed someone who wh- who was thinking about the experiences on our website um, and who could, like, implement improvements to our template and design um, without us having to, like, basically pay for a whole other e-commerce template or front end. And so the need kind of, like, presented itself, and I was the only one on the team Who uh, had who was like you know leveling up and had experience doing UX design. So then I was basically the only UX designer, Um, and it was actually for the most part when we had resourcing a pretty okay job. I think people started to trust my opinion because I was constantly running, you know, we had usertesting.com, so I was able to run like A/B type testing in addition to like you know just like exploratory research and it really kind of leveled up our organization's like, understanding mm-hmm. or at least the marketing side understanding of like our customers and how they shop mm-hmm. um, but the thing that i ran into was like in e-commerce we found that it's hard to create a robust user experience when you're not in partnership with the merchandising team meaning the people who are actually buying the products Mm -hmm. and they're buying the products based on a myriad of factors they're buying products based on like business needs they're buying based on like what they can get a hold of they're buying based on the actual physical stores not only the e-commerce stores and we found ourselves in a position especially when, when the company started to um go sideways was that no matter how, no matter how good a user experience we could do from a digital standpoint, if we didn't have the products that the that the customer needed, there was a limitations to user experience from a digital standpoint. And I was being asked to like basically you know change the digital experience to um, make up for it, the lack of product mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and that was a very hard predicament to be in where the goalpost was constantly changing for UX. Oh, we need to have this now. We need to have, you know, this initiative, this button needs to change the The cart. It, it was like, it was basically, we were like the black sheep of the organization or the, 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 the department that they love to put, throw under the bus as to why sales weren't weren't where they needed to be which what sucks when you're the only person in ux and and you have all the numbers and facts and it's basically being told this this the sky is green when you know it's blue so that sucked um yeah and then i actually didn't find myself being the only designer again until recently at coordinate i'm the only designer and the part that my experience being the only designer is you're kind of like the beacon of design sensibility in every context of the organization, which is very hard. It's hard to be the, the, the point of contention for branding, the point of contention for UX product, the point of contention for UI, you know, the point of contention for marketing, like design touches so many things that people don't realize. And it's really hard to do that as the only designer like for instance, i mean i happen to be they happen to be lucky because you know my my training is in graphic design which lends itself to branding mm-hmm. so i know a little bit about branding and then also i know you know my, my expertise is in uxr and ux research so they have that mm-hmm. but there are times where like i have to admit i'm like i'm not an expert at this particular part of design you know
1: yeah
0: and <clears throat> It's really hard to be in that position, you know,
1: yep yep no i I can totally uh understand it right. um relate i've uh definitely well I, I will say though, right now where I'm at, even though i'm the only designer um I don't feel as stressed as I used to, um and that's primarily because i've got uh it, People that are that I'm working with in the product team, i.e., basically my boss, and uh, and then the only other person is well, the senior product manager. Um, they both are really understanding and uh, respectful of, uh, of of what my responsibilities are, and um, there's always a lot of um, check-ins where we where we are level set in terms of our expectations. Um, Like, even though, so what I mean by that is um, like today I had a one-on-one with the head of product and we basically went over uh, our, or my OKRs. Um, And you know, what's surprising is I've rarely had experiences like that where I go through my OKRs with, uh, with, with my boss. Like, I, I, this might sound like a weird thing to say, but I think like a lot of startups don't have that, uh, th- that kind of relationship between the head of product and the designers, I feel is, is rare. Uh, at least for me, it was rare in my career. I don't know about you, but. Um,
0: yeah, I find that because you're at early stage, the, the focus is so much on like getting the product where it needs to be that we don't focus on individual development. Um are, are like gross, which is like kind of messed up, (laughs) but it's just so much focus on like, we need to find product market fit. We need to do this. We need to do that. You know, that like,
1: yeah,
0: we don't, we don't think about the individuals building the product and, and and how to like mold them or like, you know, person development. So yeah, I think that is rare. I I haven't seen that in a, a startup. Um, yeah, or at least an
1: early
0: stage one. Yeah, or an early stage one, no. Um, which is really, that goes back to one of my points, is like, it's really hard to level up as the single designer without that. Yeah. Um, You know, yeah. and especially if you're, you know, a new senior or like high, high mid, you know, you're four or five years in or, you know, senior level five years in, um, it's, it's definitely harder, the earlier you are in your career for sure. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is like, what are some tips or things like if you could speak to an earlier version of yourself, like going into these only designer situations, what are some things that you would, um, you know, advise or, or like, you know, (laughs) pay or red flags that you would share with that person?
1: sure sure yeah um okay so i think it really depends on uh, which stage you're at uh, as well so um like w- one of the biggest mistakes i think i've made in my career is um i really should have just had a singular focus on trying to get a job at um one of those big established tech companies earlier on in my career now, that's not to say i didn't try i did try but I, it wasn't a laser focus i I did a, um, I, I, I applied a talk and approach in my, in the early part of my career where I just, um, you know, I recently saw this meme on TikTok and, and, or actually it's, it's been a meme across the board. And it's like, uh, it starts with the stick figure saying, why do you want a job? Uh, or no, no, the stick figure is applying for a job. And the interviewer goes like, why do you want a job? Or why do you want to work for us? And the stick figure is like, uh, because you have an opening. It's like, well, that's not, and then the employer's like, but well, that's not good enough. Uh, why do you want to work with us? It's like, but like the, the the truth of the matter is, most times we want to you want to work for ex employer, especially if you're a designer, right? It's not like uh, because most employers uh, in the design world, um, they only there is only one opening, right? It's not like there's a bunch of um, it's not like developers, right? Um, most companies they hire multiple developers, they don't hire multiple designers, right? Um, so they In in the early part of my career, I just really wanted to get a job, any job. I didn't care where. Um, So um, anyway, uh, but I really should have had a laser focus on working for a larger company because they have more of an established design process, right? Um, They are uh, more design mature. Um, I later on found out about this design maturity model that InVision came up with, uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, like, I, I I would have greatly benefited if I just worked for a more mature uh, or more design mature company. That would have given me uh, the the knowledge and wisdom uh, to be able to later on be a solo senior designer or whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah, but to, to take up a more of a leadership position, right? Um, so, if you're more junior, work for a yeah more design mature company. If you are more senior, then um, uh, then, then, so long as you work for a company that uh, is willing to work with you to figure out that design process within the company, to do, if they have the patience to work with you to come up with that design process, um, and uh, and and they, um, I, I saw your tweet recently, and you, you said I wish you you made a tweet or, or about like needing a product manager, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, a lot of from the past. I'm like, those startups in the web 3 world, I'm like, where's the PM for me to work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really? <laughs> um, and, uh, or oh, the PM was the CEO?
0: Yeah, which is like, that's a disaster waiting to happen. They don't have time for that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, Sorry, so like where I'm at right now, like mm-hmm. we have the product, like the and the product manager that we have, we uh we had the patience to come up with a good design process, Um we're still refining it and we're still working through it because they didn't have any designers before me. Um, now, well, mind you, they did, but it wasn't full time; it was um, agencies that they hired out. Um mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Is that is that like sufficient? <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, don't get me started on my career. Like when you're, it took me the longest, I think it took me a year, maybe a year and a half after college to find my first job. And it's kind of same thing. Like is junior roles are so hard to get and come by. Like I was not focused on where to, where I was working. I was like, anybody, somebody give me a job because I need, you know, to start working in my field yeah and then the uh, like the out of college to your first job like jump is the hardest jump to make yeah. and so you're you can't really unfortunately be that picky about um what your first job is um i mean if I could speak to my younger self outside of the context of you know this podcast is like a lot of my friends out of college they you know i mean I come from a very like Humble background, like my, I'm one of the first college graduates in my in my you know family, and so I didn't really know how the game was played. And what what now in retrospect, watching my classmates, most of my classmates were making connections with professors and with companies, like their junior and senior year. They were kind of like you know getting their first job essentially. A lot of them were already start like starting their senior year at a job. Um, and I did not know the game well enough to like, oh shit, I'm supposed to be making connections and like trying to secure my next job in my senior year. I was so focused on just trying to finish the shit yeah. that I didn't think about setting myself up for success. So my, I have alumni friends that like work at Chime and Facebook and a lot of big tech companies, um, yeah. adaptive Path. Mm-hmm because they were making those connections then um and that's why i mean if i could go back in time like if you are coming out of design school um or if you're in your junior and senior year yes your first position does it would behoove you for it to be out of design mature company because that's going to set you up for what real design looks like. Yeah. And I say that because when you go to these lower maturity companies, they kind of indoctrinate you into a poor design process. Yeah. And you need to know good, you need to know good so you know what bad looks like. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so because I did not have that, the company, my first company that I worked for was like design maturity was in the freaking ground. I had to do a lot of external research and learning yeah. And, and and like leveling myself up by like reading books, um, going on informational interviews with like other designers in my field. Um, you know, I, you know, joined, I like hired a mentor at one point to look over some of my work. I so I did a lot of work to like level myself up into understanding what real design looks like. But even then, it took me a while to to start to apply that in the context that I was working.
1: Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. And and being the only UX designer, you're trying to advocate for all these like, you know, good design, good UX processes, but if you're in a low design maturity company, you're fighting. And it also you're not you're not experienced enough to know how to adapt. Yeah. Good adapt like what should be done to the organization that you're working for. Yeah. And that is, you know, really hard to do. um and some so that's what i would give like a junior designer like yeah set yourself up in college start looking for jobs your junior and senior year try to get that fang on your resume if you're good enough for it like that that unfortunately in our industry pedigree does matter um and if you are able to you know work your ass off and get fang on your resume as soon as you know as early in your career as possible yep. that's gonna set your your entire design career up yeah i mean to this day i don't have fang in my resume and um I? and i feel like because i don't i have to constantly prove myself um, and I don't like feeling like that, especially as the older I get in my career, you know, Hey, um, preach. so, <laughs> so that sucks. Um, and then I would say if you are going to go into a position where you're going to be the only designer, um, really feel out the people that you're going to work for yeah. and like assess their design maturity, who is the founder, who have they worked for in the past? Mm-hmm. What does their other work look like? Who is it, Who are they in network with? Do they know other designers? Are they familiar with design? Because if you're... Not to say that don't work for somebody who doesn't understand design, you need to know what you're walking into. Yeah, And... And create a game plan. So if you have to take that job, I'm not going to front. Like sometimes you just got to take jobs. Yeah. Like know what what the battles you're going to have to fight and the and the background of the people that you're working with. If you're working with your CEO has a you know a technical background and your colleagues have engineering backgrounds and no one is is really familiar with marketing research and design, know that you're going to have to step in and advocate for those things and get ready to do that. And, and a lot of design is knowing who your audience is and framing your point of view to them. So if you're walking into a situation where your um, CEO is an engineer, you got to meet him right there and advocate for these things from the mindset of an engineer and talk about you know we're going to save engineering time talk about the things that matter to them and frame your processes in a way that like they can see okay yeah let's do this because i don't want to have to redo a bunch of code or whatever you know speak their language essentially yeah um those are my tips you know <laughs> for the most part
1: <clears throat> yeah no those are those are great um i i agree yeah um by the way though i uh i have a different acronym uh, not fame uh, that I came up with. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so uh, it, it used to be <clears throat> before uh, Facebook rebranded um, or created that umbrella organization, right, uh, of Meta. Uh, I used to call it the family. Uh, so FAA M, uh, so that's Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and Microsoft. Um, that was before, and then now uh, if you're a One Piece fan, which is an anime, uh, I call it the Big Mom. Uh, so uh, like that's a villain in that anime, and uh, so it's M-A-A-A-M. The first M is Meta, you know, and the last M is Microsoft, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, if I had any other tips, um, it would just be uh, try to, um but then i mean it also depends on the goals you have for your career like uh it took me a long time to decide that i really just like working at an in-house uh and, and in my earlier career i or being an in-house designer uh like earlier on for me i always thought diversity would be fun so like working at an agency uh would be great and i'm not saying agencies are bad i, I think it, it, to each their own um there's just different uh it is a different experience working in an agency versus in-house, right? Um, I always thought, oh, agency would be great because I'd get a lot of diverse products, uh, product experience, and that would make it easier for me to uh, get an in-house later on. Um, Turns out though, that's not always the case. It it also depends on the agency too. I mean, there there are certain agencies that are um, definitely, uh, this goes back to the earlier thing, like more design mature. Um, Uh, I also always thought like working at a bigger company. Not all the big companies too are good. Like I, I had an experience at Consensus. I thought Consensus would be a great launchpad for me. Um, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great either because um, I was in a site. I, I was in a small team, and I was still the only designer. Um, I thought if I worked at Consensus, I'd get to work with a whole bunch of different uh, product designers because they had a whole bunch of different product designers at the time. Um, but uh I did not have that opportunity to collaborate with those designers because I was in a small team that was still trying to uh even convince the higher ups that their product was worth uh funding um or continually to be funded or whatever. Um anyway, uh but it wasn't necessarily bad. I think throughout all my solo experiences, some of the or or the major positive takeaway I took out of it was just um uh Morely, more, more uh, or sorry, my stop skills definitely improved uh, in terms of communication, leadership, and organizational skills, time management, um, and and all that. And then also just um, I I definitely improved a lot in terms of uh, my ability to uh, actually no, it's really ultimately communication skills uh, communicate not not just verbal communication too, but visual communication, like communicating. Um, Oh no! I think the, the, the biggest one is is just being able to justify design decisions. Uh, that, that's what.
0: I do recommend doing it at least one time in your career, probably when you're more established, because I think it, like you said, it helps with communication skills, but also it gives you cross team exposure. Yeah. In a way that you don't typically get at a high at a other like at another organization and typically if you're working for a regular you know web 2 organization you have your your senior level designer you know he's they're managing all the 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 design work they're reporting to the pm the pm then reports to like the executives and it's like this like hierarchical kind of situation so you're kind of isolated in design um team unless you work for a company that like encourages you know cross team, like collaboration, but that's not like really common. Your your work is a lot of times gated. And so because of that, you don't have the language. To often articulate things to engineers and front end. Yeah. Um, because you don't you lack like that back and forth. And I think that the one thing that has benefited me being the only designer a lot of times, I've worked directly with engineers pretty much from the start of my career. When I became the only UX designer, we had a um external engineering company and it was like literally me, my PM and and the the company. And I had to talk to, you know, offshore um, devs where there, the, you know, there was a lot of barriers between our communication. And so I had to learn really quickly how to be very clear about my design and, you know, the specs and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the more and more you learn as a designer about how things get engineered, the more you can design stuff that actually will get made. And so there is no big upset, you know, that, you know, there's so many memes on Twitter about, like, what you designed versus what got engineered and being all crappy. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's because you left too much room for interpretation and you have absolutely no how, idea how your back-end data, database model works. You have no idea how, yeah. you know, what what UI system or kit is be, it, these things are being built on. You have no idea, like, The current functionality and how the logic works, and because of that, you just like dumped a whole big ass design that's going to require way more, way too much work to implement. And now you're upset that it didn't get implemented when you could have just had that conversation throughout the design process. And being the only designer, you have to have that conversation. That's not something you can avoid. (laughs) You know, you're the only one (laughs) between engineering and the the shit that goes out of the door. You know, Um, so that is extremely valuable. Um, I guess for our last point, what are some common pain points that you run into being the only designer and like, how do you recommend overcoming each of those pain points?
1: Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good question too. Um, I feel like the number one or okay. um, uh, one of the pain points I've had in the past was just, uh, I, I can only comment on in, in the past actually, yeah. Like like presently things are, are so much better now. And it's mainly because <clears throat> number one is a lot of those early stage early stage startups require you to hit the ground running and just move in a very fast pace. Or move fast, break things was the philosophy in in most startups. Right? Both web two and web three, they followed that. Right? Um thanks Zuckerberg. Am I right? <laughs> um and and so uh, with that kind of uh, mentality, um, it definitely made it hard to um, experiment, uh, or like there wasn't much room to experiment. And by experiment, I mean um, explore different variations of designs, uh, and then having that back and forth with uh, developers and with uh, product people um whether it's head of product or product manager or both or even the ceo like there was just not much room to yeah explore different variations and um and then then hone in on one of them and and then iterate on that of course Um, so that's one major pain point Um, number two is not being given the capacity or capabilities or resources to do significant user research Um, Beforehand, like upfront user research, it's 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 a lot of um, just design something, get it shipped, and then iterate based on um, user feedback. But a lot of times too, it's like there isn't even much room to do usability testing. It's more so just like okay, our our customers have said they need. I mean, like through the grapevine. Like by grapevine, I mean like mostly customer success or whoa we'll get feedback and then you iterate based on what they say. So um, secondhand feedback as opposed to direct. Um, Then last but not least, I'll just give like three pain points. Um, Third one would be just not uh, being supported uh, as an individual. Um, Yeah. Like like I said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, um, being able to review OKRs with product manager, like, this is not the first time that this happened in my career but this is definitely one of the rare times that this happened uh, happened to me uh, so having someone that is willing to yeah look at uh, expectations and uh, work with you to uh, ensure that you meet them um this is like a relatively new thing for me yeah
0: i think the pain points that i've experienced is kind of not too similar just diss- dissimilar from from you, which is like, people don't realize that design is iterative. So like a lot of times you're made to work in the same way an engineer works and it doesn't make sense for the way the design works. Like I've, I've had to explain a lot, like my engineers, like have sometimes been like, no, I just need you to design this one tiny piece. Don't think about the other stuff. Just design this one tiny piece. I'm like, no, I need to think systematically because these pieces are eventually going to fit together yeah. and if I don't know if I'm using a puzzle analogy if I don't know what the picture looks like how do I know how to design the piece mm-hmm. if that makes sense yeah, that does. <laughs> and so and so I've had I've had back and forth about like that but then when they see the whole picture they get overwhelmed about the how much work each of those pieces like you know will be and I keep telling them like hey I can break this puzzle down but don't force me to go piece by piece. That doesn't, that's not how I design. Yeah. Um, another thing is, um, like you said, like feeling basically outnumbered, So, like if, if you work in a, in a DAO, most likely with a bunch of engineers and you as a designer have an instinct that like the direction that, that they're going in is wrong from a design perspective, you're outnumbered automatically, Yeah. you know? And you can be made to feel like you're being difficult or not, not seeing their point of view when really and truly it's like, what needs to happen is a mutual respect for each other's positions and be like, Hey, like I am a designer. I have design expertise. You guys, I understand you want to do, you know, you want to go this direction, but I'm telling you from a design perspective, this is not the, this is not the way to go. Um, yeah. And that those frictions happen a lot. And after a while, you know, as a designer, you can get beaten down and like eventually just become an order taker, essentially.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. And I, if I, if if I can give a, another designer advice, if you if you're constantly losing battles as the only designer, I think you could try. You can try a couple of th- like steps. The first step would be, like, try to you know make your case. Like you know show them different patterns outside of the organization, you know, show them like things that you know about your user and like make a great case for like going down the approach that you're, you're suggesting. And even so if you do that, hopefully they can see your perspective and also, also offer them a low lift. I always like to offer a low lift option Uh being like, you know, Hey, this is the MVP of this idea or this direction. And they're usually more open to low lift solutions because it's less work for them, (laughs) you know? Um, so I would try that. And then if you, if you find yourself losing battles over and over again, honestly, I would say leave because if you stay, you are going to sacrifice your whole career to make a a small group of people happy. And that's not worth it to me. Um, another thing that you run into as the only designer is that like, yeah, sometimes you're gonna be in a position where you're not the subject matter expertise of that particular area of design. Like if, you, if you're if you a company all of a sudden needs a bunch of branding stuff and you're a UX designer, you know, I think you need to be comfortable telling people like, hey man, that's not my expertise. <laughs> yeah. And you guys are gonna need to hire a contractor for that. And I'm happy to work with that contractor to get this X done. And if you find yourself in a position where you're not getting that support and they're forcing you to to make shit that you're you're not good at, mm-hmm. that's another sign that you probably should leave because it it's really hard to fight for somebody to respect you yeah. and to give you basic courtesy for your job because then that 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 becomes less about you being a designer and more about mutual respect and boundaries. Yeah, and you don't really want to work somewhere that that violates that because. It's going to be to your detriment. It's just just like in relationships, you can have like baggage and and you know and scars and stuff that can fuck you up for the next relationship. Same thing with work. Yep. <laughs> you know. Yep. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I can't agree more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like what, what, one great thing about where I work now is uh, my expertise is not in graphic design uh, or visual mm-hmm. graphic slash visual design. Um so and they knew that, um, but they were cool with it, uh because they already, as I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. had agent had an agency that they've hired out and they primarily specialize in the graphics visual design department. Um, and it just feels so great that like, yeah, I'm not expected to come up with illustrations. We could just mm. those agency people we'll do it. Yeah. And uh
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, but but this actually um has made me think of another minor pain point um mm. that is a lesson um as i mentioned earlier like agency life is different right um so we have this mm-hmm. agency know that, that they've contacted out um and it's this agency that designed they did do product design but it was like before i got hired um and it was a design for a specific product that is not our main product um and one minor pain point is like uh initially i wasn't given access to the file uh and i i but then, when eventually I did get access, um, I noticed a lot of discrepancies because they didn't create a design system. This agency didn't do that, and I, I figured, I assumed that it was just because they were expected to move at a fast pace. So, um, like the minor pain point is just, I'm like, oh, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to do it. Like I felt like invo- invo- invoking that um, uh, Thanos meme of. Oh, I may as well do it, <laughs> right? Or what did he say? Like it's um. How does what does how does that mean go again? Where Thanos says, "Uh, I, you got know what I mean, though, right?"
0: Yeah, <laughs> I totally mentally blocked out that movie because I've seen it so long ago. But I do, I do get what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I, yeah. You get, sometimes you just gotta roll up your and do shit that needs just needs to be done. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, one last tip is like leaning on external sources of truth. So like, if you're trying to advocate for for a design process or thing within your organization, uh, um, try to find like, you know, external choices of of truth. So for instance, one time I was running a particular test, it was like, you know, let's call it card sorting test. And my PM didn't, didn't immediately see the value. He was like, why are we doing this? This is dumb, blah, blah. And I literally had to pull up you know don norman's mm. uh, like informational video on like car testing and why it's important and why it helps and then like basically educate my team of like what why am i choosing this method mm. and why it's why is it helpful yeah. and after they saw that they're like oh okay now i see like what you're, what you're trying to do yeah but um because you know it's your team is not going to automatically especially in ux know all the different methods of testing and and um validation and, and, and processes yeah so sometimes sometimes you will have to educate as you go right yeah um yeah all right i think we're we're kind of at time i don't want to take too much of your time i know it's um time for you to leave i guess do you have any closing thoughts about this particular subject
1: <laughs> um closing thoughts would be uh hmm. okay I'm gonna I'm gonna end with three because
0: okay.
1: you know, we're talking about Web three stuff. So you
0: know, mm-hmm.
1: I just love that number three. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, number one is uh, stop hiring only one designer. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> um, preach. <laughs> have have a designer be the designer, but like have a researcher, right? For example, mm-hmm. or um. Or yeah, you could have like a senior, and then have a junior, and that that way you create room for um, more designers to enter in, to become to enter into Web three. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, w- one major thing that really pissed me off in my early early part of my career was just like where are all the internships? Where are all the junior positions? And it's like that they don't. Mm-hmm. There was actually a Medium article written uh, a while back, a little while ago, and it was like um, hire juniors or, or whatever. It was like someone advocating for juniors, and I was like yes preach exactly and also like not, to not restrict it to university students there's a lot of people who are what are they like career transitioning people out there right like mm-hmm. give them an opportunity to be a junior they, they would love to be a junior but if you only restrict it to university students it's like well then what are you saying i have to go back and do a bachelor's and then i can intern with you right like that's that's not fair either um yeah
0: uh, i hated that when i was trying to break in everything i applied for i actually got to the second round of a google internship and then realized halfway through that it was only for people like i had made it through the cracks and they didn't realize that i was not a, a student and i like <laughs> was like fuck <laughs> i'm not gonna make it
1: well, you know, here's, here's a little thing i did um and and i i'm this is the first time i'm publicly admitting this uh i actually did lie about being a student and get an internship and successfully did it.
0: Yay! <laughs> I'm pro-lying in this context. You do what you gotta do, man. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, technically, I should be a senior at this point in terms of, like, where my peers are at, but I'm willing to take a step back in order to take two steps forward. Um, and and it worked. It worked out. Um, uh, actually, you know what? I said I would do three points, but I, this is uh, maybe a good point to end on. I think I, it, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um my closing thought is um i'll I'll try to be as concise as possible but like at the end like if you're walking into a, a situation where you're the only designer you gotta really love the people you really do because if you don't like the people you're gonna you're gonna go into a lot of conflicts just innately by the nature of the situation you're walking to and if you can't if you can't vibe with the people that you're working for, that's gonna be a hundred times harder. Yeah. Um, so I would I would definitely do trial runs, do grants, do whatever you need to do to feel these people out before you commit to being the only designer at this company. Um
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I strongly suggest that. If you don't like them just on a per- take the job out of it. If you don't like them just on a person level, it's not gonna work. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, um yeah. <laughs> and I think secondly, I think, you know, unfortunately you're gonna have to like show your your best foot forward and really show them what you can do. And because that's how you build trust in the organization. I mean that's how I've done it. Like I come in like you know, like a mercenary. I, I get a lot of problems solved within the organization very quickly. I, I can assess like their problems and what needs to be done and over time they start to trust me and my opinion more often and that opens the door to hire contractors that that opens the door to get a second person hired need be like if they trust you and 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 like you have a great reputation in the organization you can build a team around you eventually as resources open up so I would say like one, like the people and two, be ready to roll your sleeves up for that first couple months of work. And and really your job is to do your job well and to gain reputation within the organization. Um, you're basically trying to set yourself up for success in the future. Um, so, so like be sticky, be dependable, make it to where you're unfireable <laughs> because you're too valuable to lose yeah um, and then you can advocate for thing for for other design res- resources and things like that. um and yeah, so those are my two points, so especially in web three, yeah, because it's gonna be an uphill battle yeah, um, and until they see the need for design, they're not gonna naturally want to give you resources for design. It's just not yeah, you've gotta show them the problem in order for them to to want to address it. And sometimes that means, um, lastly, maybe that means shipping something subpar, like, you know, you, you you did your thing, you battled, you didn't win, and allowing them to fail and feel it to then be like, you know, now that you, now you, now you see, can we go this other direction, please? Because <laughs> sometimes it doesn't, it takes failure. It takes a bunch of users complaining about the usability of a thing before they want a resource to fix it yeah you know? yeah um and there's been plenty of times where i've gone against you know they've gone against you know my suggestions things would the, hit the fan and i'm in a very respectful way i'm like so you know how i like suggested to not do this Let's go. Re- let's go revisit that work. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, we, we probably should have went the other way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those, those, those are my closing thoughts. So thank you so much for tuning in to Um. I'm going to follow us on Twitter. You can make an account on our website as for a feature profile. Uh, we have episodes every Wednesday. Um, if you're using Spotify or Anchor, you can also um, send a voice message. I would like to hear if anybody wants to share their experiences being the only designer in Web three, or just simply tweet reply to our tweet when this mess- when this um, episode comes out. So yeah. <laughs>